Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. For more information about Life Church, visit our website, lifechurchww.com. I have the privilege of kicking off a three-week ser- series right now, just our, our Christmas at Life Church, and I would love to turn our attention all to Jesus this Christmas season. I, I know it might be a little cheesy, but I still like it. Jesus is the reason for the season. He's who we preach. He's who we get excited about. He's who we are all about. Uh, He's the one who brings us hope. He's the one who brings us strength. He's the one who saves us. And no matter how the world may uh, may attempt to navigate their way around ignoring Jesus of Nazareth, he is the single most influential human and uh, obviously God and figure in all of world history. So one more time, just give Jesus praise this morning. He's it. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to say this is really the title of all of our, our Christmas series, that Jesus changes everything. And I want to talk about three different things that Jesus changes over these next three weeks. He changes our peace, he changes our joy, and he changes our hope. And I'm grateful for the peace of God, I'm grateful for the joy of Jesus, and I'm grateful for the hope of heaven. I'm grateful that Jesus changes Everything, And as I look at the scriptures, this, this, this topic that I want to talk about today that I think just shouts off the pages of the Bible, I'm gonna see, we're going to see it in the Old Testament, we're going to see it in the New Testament, and we're going to see it right before Jesus departs after his, uh, right before his crucifixion and resurrection. We're going to see one of those things that Jesus changes called peace. So for the reading of God's word, come on, let's stand up together today. This is, uh, we're going to go to the Old Testament to a guy by the name of Isaiah. This is 700 years before Jesus shows up on the scene of humanity and he makes this proclamation about the Savior of the world. And he says this in Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you are grateful that our God is so amazing and Jesus is so incredible that he cannot be contained in, contained in one name? He, he's he's, he's going to be called a wonderful counselor, a, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, a Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So this is 700 years before Jesus arrives on the scene of humanity. And then right before Jesus arrives, the angels of heaven announce his birth. Look at this out of Luke. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to to those with whom God is pleased. So 700 years prior, right when Jesus is born, angels announce right before Jesus' departure, he says this in John 14, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Can I hear an amen to that? We don't get it from the world, right? So don't be troubled or afraid. So today I want to talk on the subject, peace for the anxious of heart. Let's invite the presence of the Holy Spirit 
to minister to us today. Spirit of God, we thank you for your presence in this room and online. We thank you for the word of the Lord of which you authored. And we pray that today as we unpack the word of God, that your anointing would rest upon me, your servant, to be able to communicate your message the way that you would have me to. And may all of us, including myself, be given ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us today. We thank you that we're going to leave this place different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Tell three people peace and then you may be seated. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. (laughs) I'm not sure what you've been hoping for this Christmas season, but I think it would be fair to say that every one of us would take a hefty dose of Jesus' peace if we could have it. I've compiled or I have a compiled list of potential things that happen during the Christmas season that might try to steal your peace and see if any of these ring a bell, pun intended. (laughs) Shopping for gifts, getting to the necessary holiday parties, putting up the decorations, cooking a meal, wrapping the gifts, making enough cookies and breads to give away, buying a tree, fighting the traffic, having enough money to buy gifts. If married, figuring out when to celebrate at both sets of parents without offending either. All the stores are out of the gift you're looking for. Three frightening words, some assembly required. (laughs) Having the right clothes for social occasions, gaining weight, Christmas programs for the kids at school and at church, sending out Christmas cards, hearing grandma got run over by a reindeer for the 150th time. Cleaning the house, forgetting someone for whom you should have purchased a gift, feeling the pressure to make a memory, knowing the year is coming to a close and you didn't accomplish what you intended to, facing relatives you don't often get along with, knowing that maybe you'll spend Christmas alone. Three often overlooked words, batteries not included, being a part of a family that celebrates separately because of a divorce, Christmas lights that won't work and won't untangle easily, (laughs) arranging travel schedules, missing loved ones who've passed away, paying off the credit cards, weeding through crowded stores and members of your family who find where you hid their presence. (laughs) There's sometimes in the frantic rush to get everything ready for the holidays, everything ready for the Christmas season, The one thing that Jesus came to give us called peace can elude us. And it's obvious that we live in a pressure cooker world. And according to statistics, we're not doing really well with that pressure cooker that we live in. According to Reader's Digest, the stress is the number one medical problem in the United States. The American Institute of Stress, yes, there is such a a thing, that tells us enough right there, says that, uh, research says that 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems. So, um, in fact, their research states that uh, up to 80% of the sick days that people take from work is because of work. So I guess it would be accurate to say, to call in and say, I'm sick of work. (laughs) 
with all of what goes on in our world and, and all the stress for the Americans, Americans, by the way, uh, typically live at a stress level 20% higher than the rest of the world. We are not the most stressed out nation in the world, but we are 20% higher than the average. Uh, I think the most peaceful nation in the world is Finland. So if y'all wanna go on a vacation, go there. Uh, but that's not really what we do as Christ followers. We don't go somewhere to try to find it. Uh, peace, this is what I wanna say to us today, peace is a promise for us. Peace is a promise to you and I that was given to us by Jesus because he told us right before he left, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. So doesn't give it to us as the world gives. In other words, he doesn't like give it just because you, you know, you, whether you deserve it or not. He's like, I'm giving it to you, not as the world gives, because the world can't give it to you. I'm, and I'm not giving you something that you might define according to the world. I'm giving you my peace. Well, the, pe- the peace that Jesus gives is not dependent on circumstances. The peace that Jesus gives is not personality driven. The peace that Jesus gives is God given. Can I hear an amen to that? So to be honest though, um, just because peace is our gift and peace is our promise, I don't always open that gift the way that I should. And I'm, I'm pastoring among a people that are pretty honest and we're not always opening the gift that we should. But peace is our gift because peace is our promise and Jesus is really cool with us opening this gift early. So how many of you say, I'll take this this gift early. I'll take it. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, go ahead and open it early. Go ahead and open the gift early. So my prayer for us as a church, and I've been praying for you this Christmas season, and the elders have been praying for you this Christmas season. We're praying, and the staff has been praying for you this Christmas season, that this would be the most peaceful Christmas that you have ever experienced. And it's because... Peace is a promise from God for me. It is my portion. You hear me now? Peace is your portion. Anxiety is not your portion. Stress is not your portion. Even though I read that list and it might have made you feel more stressed out, I'm just here to tell you, let's get back to the word of God. Let's get back to what is our promise. And peace is our promise. And and let me tell you something else about peace. I'm going to tell us then how do we unwrap the gift early. And that is, is that peace is a person. Peace is a person. It's not, it's not just a, a thing. Peace came with Jesus because Jesus is peace. He doesn't possess peace. He is peace. Psalm 4.8 says, I'll lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You see, God alone is the dispenser of peace. God alone is the one who possesses it who is it, who embodies it, and wants to share it with us. Now, I've discovered this, that people can be without conflict in their life and still not possess peace. They can have all the circumstances going well in their life and still not possess peace. So I found that peace is not even in the presence of something. Peace is found in God alone and in the presence of someone. So I'd like to say it like this. Peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of a person. And that's why Jesus said that this is a promise for you and it is a gift for you and I. And it's a person. And he has given of himself to us. Psalm 29, 11 says this, the Lord gives his people strength 
the Lord blesses them with peace. Now, for the remainder of what I want to talk to you from, I want to go back to Isaiah, where we started out of Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm going to look at a couple more passages of Scripture out of the book of Isaiah, written 700 years before Jesus showed up on the scene. And I figure if this guy could prophesy and predict the Son of Man coming and tell us what he will be called and who he's like, and he says he'll be the Prince of Peace, then I want to listen to what he has to say to us about how to unwrap that gift and how do we possess that. And I want to go to Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, and it is a passage of scripture that I had printed up on the wall in my prior office for about 12 years. And I had it above the door on the inside of my office, not for anybody coming in. I had it there for me. I had it there for me so that every time that I would look up, I could see it from my desk. And every time I left the, my office, that, that would be what I would see. And this is what I would see. And this is what I want us to see today. You, oh God, will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, this is what I want for you. It's what God wants for you. It's what Jesus wants for you. When he said, I give you my peace, this is what he's giving you. He's not giving you a half-hearted peace. He's, he's giving you a perfect peace. He, it's, it, it's not something that, that we can earn. It's something that we get by being with him. Now, this, this word peace in Hebrew is a rich and profound word pronounced shalom. Shalom. Let's go ahead and say that word, shalom. shalom. Now, it is a greeting by the Hebrews even to this day in coming and going. Now, our English word is, our, our English uh, language and Western culture is, is so elastic. Uh, we speak in hyperbole so often. We hate that movie and we think our vacation was awesome. We make a covenant of love at our wedding, and we love pizza. When we use words in such broad strokes in the English and Western culture, it's difficult for us to get to the true meaning of a word. But the Hebrew word shalom is very deep and very rich and, and very meaningful. The, the word shalom means wholeness. In fact, Beth came up after worship, and that's what she prayed, that we would be whole. What she was praying is out of that, that leper coming back, and Jesus then said when he gave thanks, now go and, and you'll be, you're, you're, you're made whole. It's, it's shalom. You're, you're complete. You are, your well-being, it's good health. It's universal flourishing and peace. So when Isaiah says that you will keep him in perfect peace. I want you to see something. You will keep him in perfect peace. In the Hebrew language, it's, it goes like this. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. It uses the Hebrew word shalom twice. It's a double portion. It's saying that this is what God does for his people, he doesn't give them a half-hearted peace. He gives them a double portion of peace. Go ahead and tell your neighbor a double portion is coming your way. 
A double portion is coming your way. All right, so let's allow Isaiah then, since he prophesied about Jesus 700 years prior, let's Isaiah unpack the gift of peace for us this morning. He said this, you'll keep in shalom, shalom, an absolute wholeness, a completeness, a universal flourishing, a peace that can only come from God. God will do that for those whose mind is stayed on God because they trust in him. So I'm gonna give you three thoughts about unpacking the gift of Jesus called peace in this Christmas season. And the first thought is this, I want you to think about Jesus and not all those things I started this sermon with about that could stress you out this holiday season. Think about him. Whenever you are facing a trial, a test, a stressful situation, think about Jesus. Think about who he is. Think about what he has done. Think on him. He is far bigger than any mountain that you and I will ever face. I've told you this before. The only picture of the face of Jesus that I had supernaturally appear in my mind's eye was a moment when I was super stressed out as a 20-year-old. <laughs> I look back and I go, I don't think 20-year-olds can really be that stressed out. <laughs> but they can, I know. In fact, the most stressful generation is between 18 and 33 in America. And I think there's several reasons for that. They feel so much pressure from social media and all that kind of stuff is coming down on them. But I'm driving along and, and I'm stressed out and I'm, I'm, I'm complaining, I mean praying to the Lord about my stressful situation. And boom, just the face of Jesus appeared before me. And he was not stressed out like we are. He was, it was almost as if he didn't hear my conversation, but I know that he did. And he was just laughing. He was laughing. He was in such a good mood. And I need you to know that he's in just the same mood today as he's always been. He doesn't change with the, the trials of the world. He doesn't change the trials of life. He doesn't change with the ups and downs. And it's because he knows something that we often forget. And it's that God is in control. And in the end, God wins. When it's all said and done, God wins. And he's gonna make good on everything that you go through in this life. But I do need you to know this, he cares. He really does care. He cares a lot. He cares a lot more than you and I have any idea. So peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And I want us to think about him in this, in this season because I've discovered that, that when my mind goes places that focus on the trial, then all of a sudden it unleashes all kinds of emotions that I don't like in my life. When I focus on the problems, it unleashes anxiety and stress. But when I focus on God and how big he is, it unleashes a different set of emotions. Now, I just need to be honest with you. I don't always get this right. I don't always get it right. I don't always, when I'm facing a trial or a, or a situation or a schedule, I don't always just go, oh, let me just, just think about Jesus. I don't always do that. But sometimes I get it right. And sometimes you and I do. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about this this season so that we could get it right a little bit more often. You know, um, seven years ago, we were, we were having a Christmas Eve service as a church. And, and we celebrated the birth of Jesus together. And it was absolutely beautiful. We had, it was on Christmas Eve. And it was a Saturday night. 
And we had a beautiful time together, just packed out Christmas Eve service together, celebrating the life of Jesus Christ. And I remember walking out with my ill father and, and uh, him getting in his car, and I'm in the lobby, and I, I, I just waved to my dad and, and just give him that, I love you, and see you later. Well, it was only a few hours later on that Christmas Eve service that my father went to be with Jesus. And uh, I didn't know it that night. I knew he was ill. I didn't know it. And you would think, well, then, did... Christmas get ruined for you and your family that year or in years after that. And I'll just tell you this, Christmas was not ruined that day. Christmas was not ruined for us because somehow God graced my mother and God graced us as a family and we gathered together and we did what we do on Christmas and every Christmas is that as we think about Jesus. And when we began to think about him and we began to worship and we began to praise him and give him honor, Jesus's presence showed up. And anytime Jesus's presence shows up, I'm here to tell you, if your focus is on him and his presence shows up, the presence of all other negativity begins to dissipate because of the presence of Jesus. And so I know that in this Christmas season, for some of you, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're maybe grieving the loss of someone in your life. And you're, you're thinking that this Christmas is going to be different. And it, I'm not saying it won't be different. But I'm telling you it doesn't have to be ruined. It might be different, but it doesn't have to be ruined. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. And he's our hope. And to this season, I felt like the Lord just wanted to remind us, let's just think about him just a little bit more. And Paul, the apostle, you know, he was somebody that didn't have everything always going right for him. In fact, he might have suffered as much as any human being that I've ever studied. And God used him to write much of the New Testament. And one of the letters that he wrote that we've looked at recently is to a church in Philippi, the Macedonian churches. And in Philippi, he was writing this letter from a prison cell. And you would have no idea that Paul was writing from a prison cell when he writes something like this. He writes f- something like that. Something like this. <laughs> We're frozen. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, what ever is lovely. When it comes to that, all I have to do is just think about my wife. Hallelujah. Um, Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So here's a guy stuck in prison and you would think, uh, why are you writing about this? Because of all seasons of that guy's life, he had to discipline his mind. He had to think about what he was thinking about. And here's what I found out. I found out that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. Most of life's battles are just won or lost by what we think about. And so Paul wanted us to, I know I'm looking like here like it's there. He wanted us to to think about things that were true and things that were pure and things that were noble and things that were admirable and things that were praiseworthy, praiseworthy. And some of us might think, well, I, I don't know if I have anything to praise God about will find something to praise God about in somebody else's life. Because what will happen is when you begin to praise God, hear this now, when you begin to praise God for what God is doing in somebody else's life, you will begin to praise God for what he's doing in yours. Did you hear me today? Okay, so you, you can go ahead and give God praise today. 
Look at that. It's just, I'm praising God for the changing of, of the scriptures on the screen. So I want you to do this as well. How am I going to unpack this? Make decisions with Jesus. So I think about him, but then I make decisions with Jesus. And I'm learning that from Isaiah as well. Check this out. Isaiah tells us in chapter 48, oh, that you had listened to my commands, then you would have had peace. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. So one of the ways that Isaiah teaches us how do we unpack this prince of peace in our life is that you think about him and then you make decisions with him. Sometimes peace eludes us because we make decisions rashly or from our fleshly desires rather than from our spirit. Now, I've had the, uh, the opportunity to, to pull a trailer behind my truck for many, many times over the duration of my life. And I've discovered that when I'm pulling a trailer with my truck, that I'm more cautious what roads I go down. I, I, I make sure that, that it's not a dead-end street that I can't, you know, turn around in. I know where I'm going before I take a turn. You've, you've seen it with the big, four, the, the big truck drivers, right? You've been sitting at a stoplight and you see them coming and you think they're taking that turn so wide and it still looks like they're gonna just crush the front end of your car, right? You're like, but they're doing it very cautiously and they're going slow and going kind of up on the curb a little bit. And, and Well, they do that because they're pulling a long load. They're pulling a, a, a very significant load. I need you to know that you're pulling a significant load the purpose of God over your life. And it's too important for you to just haphazardly make decisions without God. And so just like when you're pulling something long, you make, you, you make cautious decisions. You, you think it through. You look ahead and you go, is this going to be an okay place for me to drive down? You do that with life. You do that with God so that you don't just haphazardly make a decision to begin to date someone and go down a road that you don't know if you'll be able to do a U-turn on. Because all, all of a sudden, now my emotions are intact in a way that I don't know if I can hear God as clearly as I could have if I would have asked him before. Oh, anybody in church today. So the same thing happens in this time of the season, this time of the year, when, when we're purchasing things. We're, we we want to just not just purchase haphazardly, but we also want to be thinking about Holy Spirit you know, what, what would you have me to do in this season? What are you, what are you asking me to give? And what, what purchases would you have me to, to actually purchase? So you'll, I, I was just, we were, my wife and I were just had the privilege of, of sitting at dinner just this week with some friends for, for decades in our life. And one of the stories they were sharing was about, was about the, uh, the possibility of purchasing an item over this last year and, and an expensive item. And they were thinking about it and they were planning it and they were communicating with the seller and they were all the way down the road like just waiting for the item to become available for them when all of a sudden they didn't feel like Jesus was giving them peace on the purchase. And so then they had to communicate to pretty much their friend now, because they had communicated for so long about the purchase, that you know what, we're, we're going to wait. And guess what came upon them? Peace. Peace. So the peace of God is available when we think about Jesus, and the peace of God is available when we make decisions with 
Jesus. I came here today that Jesus changes everything. Are you getting how Jesus changes our peace? He changes our peace. And it's amazing how much peace will flood our soul when we begin to make decisions with him in our life. And number three, last but not least, is this, is I think about him, I make decisions with him, and then I make him Lord of my life. Now, this actually probably isn't a correct theological statement, even though we say this in, uh, in communication with one another. You can't make Jesus Lord. He already is. So to be correct theologically, he's already Lord. But what I'm referring to is make him Lord of your life. And most people are really open to a Savior. But they're not necessarily sure that the Savior package comes with Lordship as well. If he's Savior, then he's also Lord. And we're going to go back to Isaiah where we started. Again, a guy... 700 years before Jesus showed up on the scene of humanity and is telling us who he is and that he's coming. And he said, a child will be born. A son's going to be given. And government will rest on him. Government will rest on him. I want you to notice, he doesn't rest on government. Government rests on him. He's the only one that government rests on. There is no country or nation where government rests on an individual. That individual rests on the government. But in God's way he and who he is, government rests on him. And he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince. Say Prince. Prince. You're you're just getting a, a short lesson in Hebrew today. We're going to look at another Hebrew word, and it's the Hebrew word for Prince. Prince is the Hebrew word sar, the sar shalom. It means the one in charge, Lord, chief, general. So I got to know what I'm unpacking. I want his peace. Well, you're getting the one in charge peace. You're getting the chief of peace. So, Sar Shalom is prince of peace. It speaks of lordship. It speaks of his lordship and his ruler and his reign over our life. So, we say, well, I I submit to the Lord all the time. Well, Submitting your ideas to the Lord is not submitting to the Lord. (laughs) But saying, Jesus, I want what you want. And right now I might not, but not my will. Your will be done. If I want the peace of God, It starts with peace with God. And peace with God is obtained through Lordship. It's obtained through Sar Shalom. So an internal peace starts with an eternal peace. In fact, the book of Acts says this is the message of good news for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God 
through Jesus Christ who is Lord. So there is peace with God. You can have peace with God, but it goes through Jesus who's Lord of all. So if I want to unwrap the gift of peace that Jesus is in my life, then I begin to think about who he is in all of life. And I, 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 I discipline my mind to think on him, think on these things. And then whenever I'm facing decisions, I never make a decision alone. I involve him. I say, Jesus, is this your will? You know what is best for me. And I have found that the only way to get there is to continually submit to his lordship. The only way to get to a place where you're honest and you really are making decisions with him is by you on a regular basis saying, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my desires. And I have found that I have wanted things just like you over the duration of life. And what I've done is, is I bring that thing to God, even times when God's not talking to me about it. And I almost feel as if he's like, it's your decision. But I go, I know, but you're smarter than I am. Almost as if he will test his lordship over our life. And to be like, do you just want what you want? Or do you trust me? I want to go back to wherever Isaiah was. You will keep him in shalom, shalom whose mind is stayed on you. Why? How do you do that? Because you trust God. You trust Him. You trust Him every time you submit and you say, God, I, I really want you to be the Lord of my life again today. Even recently, I've been catching myself more, more quickly in certain areas of character where, where I found myself uh, in conversations with my wife and we've had some beautiful conversations and, and I'm like, I want to be better. I want to be better. And then I'm going, okay, Lord, what is that in there? Or maybe my first response isn't pure kindness. My first response is maybe selfish. Or my first and it's, it's the little things where he becomes Lord. Are you hearing me today? It's the little stuff where it's, it's Jesus, I want to be like you. He's, he's so patient with us. How many of you are grateful he's patient with us? And he knows that we got a long ways to go to become like him. And he's like, all right, I'll take you where you are. And just every day, every day we're going to work on stuff. Every day there's going to be something called repentance and humility and, 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 and conversations with God and conversations with others. But when we do, when we think about him, and how amazing he is. And we involve him in every decision. And we, and we just submit our will to his. I'm here to tell you, you will unpack the God of peace. And here's another aspect of his lordship reign. Is it's not just over you. 
It's over every enemy in your life. And when you are, God, I am yours. I want you, Lord. Then he doesn't just conquer me. He conquers every enemy of mine. And he defends me against all anxiety and all anxiousness of heart and all depression and all issues that war for his gift of himself in my life. When I submit myself to him and do these things that we just mentioned, then he becomes the king and his government rests upon his shoulders and then he rules in my world and he rules in my home and he rules in the atmosphere of my heart and he rules in the atmosphere of my mind and he he begins, enemies begin to flee from my life in every direction. Why? Because I've knelt before God and I've made him king in my life and I submit myself to him and I make decisions based upon what his thoughts are in my life and I just meditate on who he is because I trust in him and he goes because you trust in me I will war on your behalf and Christmas will not be listen Christmas is not going to be ruined for you this is going to be your best Christmas ever I'm praying for you I'm believing for it for you come on can somebody say amen to that it's going to be your best Let's stand up together this morning. I'm going to pray for us, for this very factor today, for this very point of truth that that the Lord, the chief, the general of peace, Sar Shalom, he's the one that will be unpacked in your life, ruling and reigning over you and ruling and reigning and defeating every enemy in your life. I sense the authority of Jesus ready to drive some little teeny demons out of your life. I know they don't feel little to you. They are big and they are major to you. But in the face of a king, in the face of Sar Shalom, they're little. We worship you. Come on, let's just worship him for a moment. Just go ahead and lift your hand before the king like, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender to Sar Shalom. I surrender to the Prince of Peace. I surrender to the King of all kings and to the Lord of all lords. Great is your name. Holy is your name. We bless your name. We think about you and your greatness and how you defeated hell and the grave and you defeated sin. We worship you. We bless your name. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We worship you, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I lift up your people before you this very day, and I say, oh God, and pray for them, that God, that this would be the most significant Christmas season that this church has ever had. That people would rejoice in the presence of Jesus. That they would sense your presence. Yes, many, some will grieve, loss. But even in the midst of grieving and even in the midst of a trial or in the midst of a situation, you're there. May your presence be stronger than this church has ever felt, than the people in this house have ever felt or sensed you. 
And may your people be shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Complete and whole. Flourishing in perfect peace. Whether someone may be alone, they know they're not. For those who lack, they will not lack your presence. I want to pray another prayer. Every head bowed and every eye closed. It would say, Bob, I don't know if I've ever made him Lord of my life. For him to be Savior, he also needs to be Lord. If you're in this place today, you're listening online, you're not sure you're right with him, he is one prayer away. He is right there ready if you would just say, I'm a sinner and I need you to be my Savior and my Lord. If that be you, and you said, I'm ready, I'm ready to get my life changed by Jesus today, and I want to pray that prayer that you're about ready to pray, Pastor. I need you to know I'm not going to call you forward, but between you, me, and Jesus, I want to know who's going to pray that prayer. Would you just look up at me and wave and catch eyes with me in this prayer? Thank you. Beautiful. Who else is here today? I'm going to scan and look for you. They would say, Bob, today is my day. I see you. It's wonderful. I see you. I see you. Thank you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. I just want you to say yes under your breath as I pray on your behalf. Jesus, I lift up my friends before you today and I'm, I'm asking on their behalf, will you forgive me of all my sins that I've ever committed or any sin that I ever will? I want you to be my savior and I want you to be my Lord. I wanna leave this place different. I don't ever wanna be the same. So today I wanna to begin a relationship with you. I invite you into my life I want to be what the Bible says is born again. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted amen today. Will you give Jesus praise for who he is and what he does? We love you, Lord. Come on, you can do better. We love you, Jesus. You're amazing. You're amazing. We hope that today's message encouraged you. At Life Church, we believe that wherever you are in your relationship with God, there's always a next step to take, and we're here to help you find yours. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, or you're simply looking to get more involved in this community, we invite you to check out our Next Steps page. You'll find all the information you need by clicking the link in the description. If this message impacted you in any way, we encourage you to do two things. First, share this video with a friend. It's a wonderful way to share the love of Jesus with someone that you care about. Second, we'd love to hear your story. Click the link in the description to share your testimony with us so we can celebrate all God is doing in your life. We're excited to be on this journey of following Jesus with you and hope you have a great week.